Hello and welcome to Jonathan's Verdict. I'm Jonathan Simeone. The title of this episode is Politics and the Coronavirus. The verdict for this episode is Congress has once again failed the American people. As always, I don't edit these episodes and I don't have a script. They are just a chance for me to talk about what's on my mind. The primary topic of this episode is going to be the bill that is literally about to pass the House addressing the coronavirus. Uh, The bill is called the Families First Coronavirus Response Bill or, or some other thoroughly dishonest name like that. And I say dishonest because the bill, when compared to the need, is a farce. It is a sham being perpetrated on the American public. Now, to be fair, the Democrats in the House are limited because the Republican Senate and the Trump administration won't sign anything that even uh, indicates a touch of humanity toward the American public. That being said, the Democratic House, led by Nancy Pelosi, is being complicit by selling this nonsensical package as a good deal and a useful deal for the American public. Now, let me be clear. The entire text of the bill, as of the time of this recording, has not been published. Therefore, I cannot speak to exactly how every provision of the bill will work out. Where that lack of knowledge is applicable, I will point it out. And when the text of the bill becomes available, I will go through it and I will come back and talk about anything that needs to be addressed after uh, having read the the bill itself. Uh, Now, I want to be clear, though, there's enough information from their self-congratulatory press releases and the news articles I've read to make some really important conclusions about what this bill does and, more importantly, what it doesn't do for the American people. Uh, by way of, of background information, uh, the testing that so many people are talking about uh, is not as useful as it would have been several weeks ago. And there will not be nearly enough of them ever and not a even attempt to get enough for a month. Now, why do I say that? I say that because according to the Trump administration, admittedly a very dubious source of information, there will be about a million tests available by sometime next week, and a month from now, there will be about 5 million tests available. Uh, That is the numbers that were put out by the uh, White House during Trump's press conference this afternoon. Uh, This matters because the bill that Pelosi is trumpeting as a big success 
depends largely on testing. And since testing is dramatically insufficient, the benefits that will accrue to the American public are also dramatically insufficient. And let me illustrate this with an example. The bill is supposed to provide 14 days of paid sick leave. However, the ability to get the paid sick leave depends on one actually having coronavirus, which of course means one must then be tested for coronavirus. Since as of this recording, there have been roughly 11,000 or so tests done nationwide, uh, very few people actually qualify for the sick leave benefits uh, as outlined in this bill. And it will be a month before 5 million tests will have been done. Keep in mind there are about 320 million people in this country and more than 100 million or so um, regular workers, members of the workforce. So the testing is simply nowhere near enough to figure out who has the virus and the the critical benefits of the bill depend on somebody proving they have the virus. Another thing that's worth mentioning is that because of the limited aspects of our healthcare system, it is actually not a good idea for all kinds of people to go and try and get the limited testing that is available. And since many people who get coronavirus will experience little more than a, you know, kind of a bad flu and be uncomfortable for a few days, uh, it probably would not be a good idea for them to go get testing. In a just society, given the incredible lack of tests, they would be reserved for people who are in the high vulnerable groups, uh, seniors, people with underlying medical conditions, um, people living in nursing and rehabilitation facilities where the spread seems to be dramatic, and for people who work in those facilities and the healthcare industry who might be sick. So what that means is that there are a lot of people who will have coronavirus, whom we would want to stay home and take care of themselves so that they don't become a transmitter of the virus, uh, but whom we would not want to get testing. However, their ability to get paid sick leave depends on them going out and getting tested. So you can see that the bill actually encourages behavior that is not helpful to the healthcare system itself. In a perfect world, we would have enough tests to record the numbers accurately and figure out who has what. But we aren't going to have that world maybe ever, and certainly not for months. Uh, another fact that needs to be pointed out uh, about this bill, and this is an overarching problem, 
with the way this country does benefits. But the 10 weeks of family medical leave under this bill give about two-thirds of someone's salary up to a certain amount. Uh, and, of course, this is how we do things like unemployment insurance as well. We give people a, a percentage of their salary. The problem with that, especially in the midst of a global pandemic, is that we live in a society where 40% of the people can't handle an unexpected $400 expense. Now, due to no fault of their own, uh, we are going to say, if you stay home to care for a loved one, instead of uh, you know just leaving them to fend for themselves, or uh, if your children get sick or your children's schools close and you want to take care of them, uh, we are saying we will cut your pay. So even though you are doing the very things that society would want you to do, we are cutting your pay by about a third, which, of course, has a very disproportionately harmful effect on the lowest-waged workers among us. So again, it's a very poorly targeted, very unfair provision. Uh, another thing that I think is really worth be discussing is if we were going to have a bill that was proactive, that was looking ahead at where this pandemic is going in this country and actually trying to solve very much predictable known problems that are coming. The bill Congress put out before going on recess would address things like increasing hospital capacity, increasing the availability of medical equipment like ventilators, uh, increasing the PPE um, equipment that healthcare professionals wear when they are interacting with uh, potentially sick, contagious people. Uh, and this bill doesn't do those things. And why does that matter? We see all the time now people are talking about we have to flatten the curve of the, of the pandemic spread, right? What that essentially means, and this is why the social distancing is so relevant. This is why closing schools, teleworking, canceling public gatherings, this is why all of that, that stuff is, is critical. Um, is because our healthcare system, especially because its primary function is making profits for shareholders and management personnel rather than caring for the American public, our healthcare system is often uh, very near or at capacity in terms of people it can serve. There are not very many unfilled beds and unused. Uh, pieces of durable medical equipment and the like. And so when you have an unexpected thing as severe as a global pandemic and you overrun the healthcare system, this is what happened in China uh, and this is what's happening in Italy right now. 
they literally don't have the hospital beds, the ventilators. They don't have the nurses, the doctors. They don't have the uh, the surgical protection equipment for the healthcare staff to even wear. So by you know staying home essentially, which is what social distancing in its you know most basic form is, by staying home and redu- and reducing the community spread of the virus. Uh, the goal is to stagger when and how often people get sick rather than just letting people stay out in the world whenever they want and having a rush on the emergency room by people whom are sick. And because we have so little excess capacity at any one time, this becomes a monumental problem. When If you have in an area, all of a sudden you have, in addition to the normal seasonal flu, which is still out there, uh, heart disease, cancer, and all of a sudden you throw in, in, a, in, a, in a major city, 500 or 1,000 people who need respirators uh, and intensive care treatment, you have a very serious, serious problem. Uh, and that's why in Italy and probably China, but definitely in Italy, uh, there are people having to make decisions as to who will get uh, respirators and who will not. And America is probably headed for some disastrous situations like that. And the bill passed, you know, that will be passed by the House tonight does nothing to address any of this. A well-thought-out, crafted bill designed to really get at this would be talking about constructing more hospital beds. How are we going to make more beds available? Uh, Paying for more medical equipment. Where is it going to come from? Uh, Incentivizing retired medical professionals to come back to work, figuring out ways to get residents and other people who could play roles in, in the treatment of sick people involved. Uh, and this bill does nothing to address any of that. And so once again, we are going to be reacting a month or so from now to uh, problems that are so predictably coming and that if we thought about addressing them now, we would have a far easier time than we would have if we tried to address them later. So thank you for listening to this episode of Jonathan's Verdicts. I very much appreciate your support, and I'll be back soon with another episode.